Welcome back to part two of our podcast series featuring Anne, the founder of Full Feedings. In part one, we learned about Anne's personal life and how her experiences as a mother, model, and athlete have shaped her success as an entrepreneur and sleep consultant. In part two, we will dive deeper into the world of Full Feedings and explore the impact Anne has made on her clients' lives. Join us as we discover the secrets to Anne's success and how she has helped families achieve restful and peaceful nights. All right, so now we are going to get into your building of the business of full feedings. I am sitting here right now with both of my children upstairs sleeping, and you helped me with Parker so much. He kept waking up at like 4 a.m., and I literally sent you an email. You had responded back with just let me know his schedule, and I let you know his schedule, and you're like, oh, yeah, just fix like these three things and let me know. I think this is on a Monday and I like fixed them. And then I was like, wait, this this can't just be it has to be like a fluke first night he slept right through. And it was like second night he slept right through. And then he just has slept right through ever since. And um I think sleep training gets such a bad rep in the motherhood world because it's such a competition of some people want to sleep train some people don't want to sleep train I don't know why someone wouldn't want to sleep or try different methods because I don't know how they survive like sometimes when my friends are saying oh yeah my son or daughter still gets up like three or four times a night I'm like I don't like how are you functioning during the day I would love to know because I couldn't so I don't think that they are though I think people are just like surviving they're not thriving like there's no it's a survival Um, and like we can talk about like of course it's like you know no everyone's asleep but like I I actually think there's like long-term health consequences for like prolonged sleep deprivation because you know my husband is a police officer and he works shift work and there's so many studies with their um, profession about how all those years can really mess up your body and I that's what I think like you I mean even if it's five to ten years because some people depending on how many kids they have that's how long that your sleep deprivation can really be if you're not getting in front of it but what inspired you to start your business in this area? I mean, the first is like, I love sleeping. I just was always the person that like loved to like take a two hour nap <laughs> the day before I kids. And like, just loved to like sleep. I just always did and I needed it. And, you know, when I had my daughter, I really researched like everything. So I was like, most parents, I was terrified. Like sleep deprivation is not something that, that is good for me. Everything in my life it becomes infinitely more difficult. I'm sick. I'm cranky. I'm bitchy. Like all the things I can't cope with my emotions. And I had a doula and I just always understood it. Like I really didn't find anything that worked. So I kind of like made my own method. And like a lot of this really, I'm not super religious. I am spiritual. So like, I feel like this is very spiritually informed. I don't really know why I know what I know, but like, it just made sense to me. And so my doula jen who's also local jen doherty she's amazing um she was with me for both my daughter and then my twins you know at night she would help a few days a week um and i remember her saying to me like you need to write a book and obviously after my first i was like still modeling and acting and doing all that stuff so it's like whatever and but i would help friends and i'd be like this is how i did it and the thing so it's like the whole time like really just like this is what you do this is what you do and then i remember like as i had my sons thinking if this works 
the same. I'm going to do something. Okay. And at the time I was going to go from one to three kids, which is not as easy to like model and act still. My marriage was declining and I am like, I have to do something. I don't know. I have to make a living. And this was just the next right step for me because I could do it from home. I built my business legitimately in 20 minute increments in between naps. That's amazing. That's meaning the actual like meat and potatoes of what I've made. Obviously I had been doing that for years, but 20 minute clips, I would, I had a WordPress site that I would, I had to nope. I still to this day have my original papers with my first mission statement and I just did it. I just chipped away at it and did what I could. I would stay up late. And the thing for me, I knew it was a line because like I loved doing it. Like it wasn't, um, it wasn't a burden, job. Yeah. It wasn't like, oh, I have to do this. I wanted to because I was excited about it. I was passionate. It was like I couldn't get the thoughts out of my brain fast mm-hmm. enough. Um, just the ideas. And for me, my initial like thought was to like, I don't even know what I saw. Like I sit here some days, I was like saying to someone today about this. I was like, you know, to just have someone like even acknowledge what I've built as like something that's like inspirational is huge to me because I was like, some days I sit here and I'm like, I'm doing it. Like I'm doing it. Holy you are. shit. I didn't, I didn't know that starting like that, taking something I love and something I was good at. And then something that would genuinely help other people that I would be sitting today where I am with three employees and a a fucking kick-ass team that it's just incredible how it's grown. And yeah, of course I wanted to make money. You know, I had to, I didn't, I, I was like, I have to pay my bills and put food on my table. Um, But I knew that like parents, what I thought was lacking was like a easy understanding. Like it came so easily to me. One, the things that I thought were lacking were that people didn't think it was possible. Like they thought it involved crying it out and they thought they had to wait. So I can't start until my baby is X months old. And I was like, no, 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 you can start from, you should start from birth because you can do these things that will set you up for success. But then also just getting people to believe it's possible was like a huge thing. And I wanted it to be digestible because I, I thought this is so easy. How can I make this like small like no one's reading a 250 page book right no one right i haven't read a book in seven years from cover to cover no yeah i read two pages and i'm like no mom who's sleep deprived or dad has is going to read a 200 page book on it which is what everyone's like write a book i'm like i don't want to write a book i'm going to make an online program that people can do that's like quick easy to understand because it's People overcomplicate, like you're saying, you made three changes, okay? Right. You were already on a great path, you know what I mean? Well, I wouldn't come in and be like, man, you got to do this, and no, you can't see to sleep, and you can't, it's like, no, no, whatever you're doing clearly has gotten you where you are. These little m- minor changes, a little bit more milk, 10 minutes earlier, like that's the shit that's like blown me away that I'm like, it's so much simpler than people make it. Right. They make it seem like it's this complex. And I'm like, listen, biologically, we, every human needs sleep. Right. Why would a baby be any different? It's it's not. No. A baby is not different. The only reason they're up all night from birth is because they can't consume enough food in the day. So we have to wake them to feed them. From there, no evidence to support why a baby should be up at night. Not zero. Yeah. And that's like, I... there's, it's, I feel like it's almost like habit because that was what was I was finding with Parker that it was 
the exact same time that he was waking up every single early morning. And it's like, well, this is his schedule. So how do I fix his schedule? What do I do? Help me, you know? Well, mine's like a needs-based approach. So the more I'm studying, like not in school, but like neurobiology, I'm kind of like geeking out on because all of this is really biological. So our bodies function in systems, right? So like, let's say, I think I remember that he was like a little hungry, right? Mm-hmm. Then we have to like change his solids. Yeah. Like, okay. If their needs are not getting met during the day, they'll wake at night, right? And so what happens is he wakes at night, you feed him at night and his body systems are starting over again. And so that's his system. That's his circadian rhythm for lack of a better word it's his natural rhythm because that's his set point because our bodies the liver regenerates and then the this organ regenerates and then that it goes in a process biologically that starts that food can absolutely interrupt so when we're feeding them at night that's why it starts to become this like it's every night at this time so what you did with with me or what i did with you (laughs) was that we worked in the day to meet those needs right Make sure he's not hungry. Make sure he's not overtired. Make sure he doesn't sleep too much. And then I think, didn't he naturally? He did naturally did it, right? He did. I added in more for his dream feed, I think it was. And then like a yeah. couple, it was a couple more ounces during the day. And then I fixed one of his later naps. It was not nothing like crazy. Right. So like, but you don't work. And then, but he was sleeping. So sometimes when they're sleeping through and then it's disrupted, like they usually will go back what they were doing without having to like do anything. Oh yeah, he didn't. (laughs) Yeah. He just went back and slept. So it's like really incredible how easy it is to really establish that sleep and keep it as long as you're making those changes like age appropriately. Because everything I do seems very logical where it's like, okay, well as your baby gets bigger, they need more food to be full. So you have to give them more food. Like or they'll start waking at night and then you'll need to feed them at night mm-hmm. because they need that. So I don't know. I've learned so much as I go to and I'm constantly making tweaks and, and based on like what, because there is no research. Like no one is being like, here's my child for tribute to research. No one's doing that. Right. So to collect data on babies is really difficult. I just got certified. Um, I'm a certified like um, breastfeeding specialist. I now. just saw so that. Just, Congratulations. Yes. So exciting. Thank you. So a lot of that is um, what they'll say is like in 1920, right. they did a study of three babies in England. And you're like, are you kidding? Yeah. Like, you... That's the information. So it's very difficult to, to Because uh, they would really have collect. to do a lifetime almost analysis of these people. Because if someone say for, you know, is just say someone chooses to do cry it out versus not, because I think that's the easiest like description of what most people think of sleep training is which yours is not but they let them stay up all night and they're sleep deprived and it's like well how will that affect them at five how will that affect them at 10 how will that affect them at 20 30 you know you there is no studies yeah. on that so it's and there's too many variables like weight's right. a factor and this is a factor and like height's a factor and like your ethnicity is a factor. like there's a lot of things that i think you can't keep the same birth. Like no one, unless every baby was born on their due date. Right. Like, yeah. How do you compare those variables and the, you know, you can't. So it's very difficult. Hopefully one day my program will become the research because I see it all day long. Like I would definitely be a goal of mine to be be biologically like research for someone to look and see the patterns of, of the same things I see, because that's all I see all day long. It's the same thing over and over, over and over and again. Over. 
And yeah. it's really what inspired me to, to do something because I was like, well, okay, so this is, I'm going to make a method because it's the same, it's the same thing over and over and over again. So it's like, I have to be able to like make this that people can start at any age and get sleep. And so that's what I did. So once you had the program, what was your game plan for getting it out to people after you made this masterpiece? How do you let people know about it? <laughs> I did. I think, God, in hindsight, I'm like, oh my gosh, I didn't even know. Um, I think for the first year, I did webinars. Okay. So that helped. I mean, listen, it's like word of mom and the mom. If you find something it really that works, is. it's like free advertising. So for me, it was really about just making sure that every parent that I interacted with, I mean, I killed myself like to go above and beyond. Like my program is like dirt cheap to begin with. And I it's go, so cheap. me and my team still go above and beyond because it does work. And one of the biggest obstacles I face is getting parents to believe it's possible um, and getting them to stick with it long enough to see the benefits of it. Cause like everyone wants to be the, this worked overnight. Right. That's not always the case. And that's also biological because things don't just change overnight. If you change time zone, it takes your body three days to adjust to a time zone or more. So for me, I think it was just making sure that I did great work. And that's still my focus. Like sometimes I can get caught up and I'm, I get tired and I'm like, no, like you gotta, it has, it, you want parents to understand that. And be able to apply it to their lives yeah. and derive value from that. Um, that's what's really important to me as far as building a solid business would be like, you know, I get on the phone with people. I mean, now my team handles most of the email support for the programs and I'm on the phone like all day because I want to know. I'm like, if this didn't work, I want to know why. And like, how could I have made this better? And and what what were your unique challenges as a parent that I could help other parents to understand and um, that's really how I think I continue to grow is because I care, um, even though some sometimes women, <laughs> sometimes people on the internet just love to come at you, which is definitely difficult. But I'm like, I do genuinely care. Yeah, about and the you're that I work with. and you're the one doing the research too. You know, people who are commenting are just what it's their opinion. It's not any knowledge based on anything specifically, but. What I was going to say is the there's so many sleep programs out there that are basically just this is what you have to do with your baby here. Even if they are PDFs, it's like, OK, nap your baby right. at this time. Then they wake up at that time. And with Willow, the program that I had borrowed from a friend, it I was getting so stressed out about her schedule because I'm like, but she's not sleeping from 9 to 10.30. She's only sleeping from like 9 to 10. And then that ruins the whole schedule for the rest of the day. And I think the thing, the unique thing about yours is that it it is simple, but it's very individualized for every baby because not every baby is the same and not every schedule is going to be the same as the reality of it. And the reality is like they don't do that. Like we don't do that. So it's like to have flexibility. I actually think being flexible, which is something people don't equate with infant sleep, which right. is going to change the, the more I do this. But the flexibility is what, what makes it work. Because I'm like, I remember I read Baby Wise before I had Frankie. And I was like, wow, a lot of this stuff is great. But I'm like, if my child wakes up at 6 a.m. and you're telling me I can't feed them until 7, like, ooh, ooh, no. Yeah. What am I supposed to do with that? <laughs> no, I'm not like, 
no, I'm not. And that, that doesn't work for me. So like flexibility and like people get anxiety with my program. I mean, I get moms all the time and I try to say like, it's probably not my program as much as it is like just parenthood because it is. Right. You can have tons of anxiety. Obviously, I say that in a very respectful way and it might be my program, you know, but um, I just find that like the flexibility is key because like sometimes you can't get the doctor's appointment that you want and you got to go at 930 because it's because your kids are up, your other kids are up and you're just like, I got to make this work. So here and what I call them are like ingredients, like here are the ingredients to like make that work and like here's how you can. And then we consult parents all day long on how to, to be flexible within a routine so that it doesn't feel so rigid because like often the rigidity is what prevents consistent nighttime sleep. And then they're like, oh, well, we'll just cry it out. And it's like, no, 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 no. Being so rigid often, like some people are like, my baby has to self-soothe. I'm like, pick your baby up. Like if they right. need help going to sleep, like that's so sad to me that I'm like, no, because if you let them go to sleep on their own, like I feel like it compromises their wake windows, which are a really important part, like that they're not getting overtired. If they're overtired, they'll struggle to sleep through the night consistently with elevated cortisol, which is what happens when they stay awake too long. And self-soothing is one of the things that people are always like, the baby has to self-soothe to be able to sleep through the night. And I'm like, I don't believe that. No. I don't believe it's they can't consistently connect sleep cycles when their needs aren't met. That's what I believe. Right. Yeah. And it's what I see all day long. What do you think the biggest sleep issue that moms have? Is there like a consistent one that you see amongst a lot? You know, babies wake up at this specific time or that, you know, they're they're missing this specific part of their routine. I think the biggest this is going to be like generalized a little bit, but everyone's looking to like blame something that is out of their control, right. like teething or developmental leaps. And it does not mean that those things don't cause issues, but they're not going to dismantle sleep. Sickness. Yeah. Your kid's going to wake. You're going to go in and you're going to help your kid. And mm -hmm. then they're going to stay in their room. And they're going to go back to sleep and you might be up all night rocking them back to sleep because their nose is clogged. But like, you're not going to feed them if you know that they're not hungry because you were doing a routine. It's hard. It's not easy to follow a routine with a baby and stay on it. It's exhausting. But so I think sometimes parents don't want to put in that work to do it. So they'll look for like, like sleep regressions. Like I really don't believe in them. It's I not that there aren't periods, yeah. but there's no, there's no scientific proof that a sleep regression exists. None. New York times, Harvard, go anywhere. Like they, there's nothing. And it's like, I think we all look, to find an excuse because we feel like out of control. Like I do with my kids. I'm like, what, why is this happening? Oh, maybe it's this, maybe it's that, maybe it's this. And with sleep, it's like, no, there's always something that you can do to better that and, you know, work towards it. So I think that that's one thing I see. I do see people try to like sleep in. That's a common one. So like biologically, if you try to start your day past 7.30 in the morning, it's really difficult to establish your circadian rhythm. It just biologically does not happen because it's set with the sun and we're, we're building that as we work in a routine with the baby. So parents that want an 8 a.m. start a day, you got to start with an earlier start of day and then shift it because otherwise it's really difficult to set that, that routine. And I have parents that like, won't say who, but a very famous person who publicly spoke out about it. That was the issue. And I, I was speaking with her via messaging and it was like a later start of day. And I'm like, it's not, it's not going to work or it might sometimes, but it's not going to consistently work. So it's like, I don't know if it's ed educating ourselves. And like, I really love getting parents before they have babies because you have the bandwidth. Sometimes 
when you're in it like you know how it is yeah I'm, like, I'm not hearing anything i don't know what day of the week it is right so getting parents to kind of anticipate some of those things you know and and have ideas about it but it, i really think it's changing an entire narrative um of what people think infant and toddler sleep is and that's really what i that's my daily grind and how do you deal with that? i've seen you know you've posted about people who are just so mean to you about your just wanting to help others um like how do you deal with those people this could probably make me cry oh. because i think that every person who's on no no no, i'm, I'm fine um it's hard I, I put my heart and soul into like something and and you know i'm not alone in this um and i know i put my stuff out there so like it's public so you're going to get people, but like, if I have a bad day and I read something negative, it's, it's hard. It's, it's hard not to feel like it's not personal when most of the times it's not, and it's someone else is probably just having a bad day, but it's not always easy to like, remember that because we all like, we went back to the beginning. It's like, everyone's insecure. I, I made this out of nothing, you right. know, which is something I was passionate about and it worked, but there, I'd be lying if I didn't tell you like that there are days where I like question myself and I'm like, is this, am I doing, am I doing it? When you get people and listen, I have the followers. I put this one girl kind of, if you post, if you comment publicly, like I would never blow someone up if they DM'd me privately. And that's usually my gripe is like, you're trying to shame me, right? which is a whole sensitive topic in and of itself because like why would you want to shame someone like publicly you can dm me you know if you have an opinion that's the thing that kills me is like you're trying to like make me look bad or whatever oh Um, yeah i think it's to get also like reactions from other people who they hope feel the same way that they do as well yeah and it's you know i would never spend five seconds of my life on someone's page trying to like troll them i don't even understand that and I you know I have a very fulfilled life but it's hard there's days where it it fucking bores me like I can't it's pushes the thing that pushes me over the proverbial edge where I'm like I want to quit like I you know it's it does it's 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 not easy um I think the biggest thing for me is like I'm a mom first and foremost which is the part that makes me get emotional like I would never recommend something to any parent that would compromise their love of their child and that's I think the part that I take like umbrage with because I I just it's personal I'm like right. wait why yeah you think that I'm like a monster and you probably testimonial like yeah. I'm actually yeah. <laughs> helping people you know like have you seen me and you know someone who hasn't even ever tried your program out is you know, the ones that are the ones. Well, sometimes we get people that they don't do anything we say uh, they're actually not doing. And then they say it doesn't work. That's a tough one. Cause I'm like, you're not even doing my program. So you're saying it doesn't work, but really sometimes people come and they want me, they want to do what they've been doing and get me to make it work. And that's not always possible. Not, yeah. Not the case. Um, so what do you think some of the most important factors that affect a child's sleep are like besides, do you think that getting enough food, the environment, the routine, like, do you think having, um, the, as I know some of my friends have to have like the perfect sleep environment with the complete blackout shades, sound machine at like 47%, all that, is there 
like flexibility in that do you think or yeah i think that there's like a lot more than people think like a lot of the things that people think are sleep props now like don't do this don't do that it's like that was that's outdated because that was like our parents didn't have a cell phone to put a noise machine on they didn't have something to cover you know a stroller and make it dark and they didn't have just all the things that we have and so you know, I think the most important things are being consistent. So like, it doesn't matter. Like my kids pajama, like that's what signified. That was my sleep routine. They got in pajamas for naps. And then at nighttime, they take a bath and get in pajamas. I didn't read books. Right. I didn't have time. I still don't all the time. <clears throat> I don't always brush your teeth because I don't have time. Like it's just bull. I mean, that's the realness of parenthood. And so I prioritize the routine over, like I would rather prioritize bedtime than brushing their Right. And sometimes I'm just tired. So it's like consistency and all those things, like consistency, making sure needs are met, obviously, and then just making sure that like, I don't think people realize how frequently their needs change. So it's like, people are like, I just did this and now it's changing. I'm like, well, that's pretty normal. Like they're triple in size in their first year. Right. Right. Like that's what we're doing. So how do you stay up to date with industry trends and changes and what role has your continuous learning played in the success of your business? So a lot of what I do is like staying current. I think, you know, obviously I'm reading what the AAP comes out with and, and you know, I'm just kind of to keep a pulse on it accounts that I follow and, you know, it's all like within the parenting community. But I like I kind of said, I, I do feel like I have enough members that it it really is kind of its own research so like i really look for internal trends of things that are happening and then me and my team make tweaks really based on that you know feeding to sleep isn't an issue it really isn't as long as you feed them fully and they're asleep when they're supposed to be asleep and they're not sleep eating so like let's change that because that's going to make tons of mom's lives easier parents um so it's just really being able to like say you know what like i had a client today pointed out something on my guide it was like a typo and i'm like oh my gosh i'm so so you know it's like just being open like i could have been like f you you know but i'm like oh my gosh thank you right for, like, appreciative of it. pointing that out because it could make a difference in something and just being open to change and being open to within what i believe figure out ways to incorporate all parents because some people want i never go to sleep ever mm, never ever ever some people will want to right so i can't condone that by, but my program can apply it's the same the method so it's just really like i think communicating with parents and staying on top of what what are the trends like what are women facing going back to work and realistically like you know how do i help them how do i get them to how do I get the mom who didn't pay attention to any routine for one year who's at the end of her rope? How do I get to her right. early? Like, do I get a mom who did that hell and then went write a letter to her? People don't. And I, like I said, I just finished my certified breastfeeding specialist. And literally, they're not even sharing with, like, one of the things is, like, you have to tell parents how hard that is. It's legit. Like, you want to nurse exclusively for a year and not give a bottle? Let me just tell you, around six months, you're going to be like losing mm. your mind. That's not sustainable. And if that's your, and doing it in a way that's not judging anyone, but just trying to help. Cause you don't, when you don't know, you don't know. And then you get to that place and it's sometimes it's like that. So just, I really try to take and listen with an open mind 
which is hard sometimes because sometimes people challenge me, but it's like, those are where you learn. You certainly learn how to like be more open and help more people. So that's that's how I'll do it. So I did put up a little Q&A on my Instagram and I got a lot of questions back, but I'm just going to pull like maybe five because we've learned so much from you. And this is, um, you've answered a lot of them, honestly. Okay. So the first one is some, a few people asked about a dream feed and can you just explain what that is? So dream feed is really just a late evening feed. So I consider it to be a late evening feed between like 10 to 11 PM. Some exclusively nursing moms, we, we like, we'll do them at like midnight sometimes because it can be a little bit different and it's just another feed and you're going to have that, that feed in place from birth because you're going to be feeding around the clock. So that's there. I just want you to keep it because at night we're stretching time between feedings we're not stretching your sleep so as your baby gets bigger and their stomach can hold more they can go longer without needing to eat again if you don't use a dream feed usually you get stuck with feeds at bedtime and then a 1 a.m till the morning and that's really difficult to move and get rid of it doesn't mean it's impossible so the dream feed like you keep it in place until your baby is sleeping through the night but for the first like five or six weeks you're gonna have to rouse your baby to take it and then they should start staying asleep for the feed and you kind of want that like sleepy feed you obviously want to burp after and then you'll see them start to extend and the first time most babies sleep the night is from bedtime through a dream feed around like 10 11 until six in the morning that's how it goes you know, people don't think your baby's not going to go from going four hours between feeds to 12 hours between feeds. They're going to go four and then they're going to go five and then they're going to go six. It's a very gradual, natural process. So keeping that dream feed is very helpful to consistent nighttime sleep, in my opinion, and getting it the earliest because then, you know, somewhere around 12 to 16 weeks, once your baby is sleeping through the night for two weeks, you can begin to try to drop the dream feed and it's very easy to drop because you just move it backwards towards bedtime, you know, 10 to 9.45 to 9.30, as long as your baby still sleeps through, which they usually do. Once you get to 9 p.m., you just can pull it and they, they'll sleep through till the morning. And in that way, it's a very gentle biological process. It's not like, you know, all of a sudden their body systems are out of whack and they're like, what? It's like, no, we're going to like wean that down to get rid of it we used the dream feed for parker and it was awesome that's like i said it changed everything um okay is there a do you have a different program for breastfeeding versus formula feeding is there a big difference in that or you think it's pretty much is it the same the statistics on sleep is this are the same for breastfeeding and formula feeding breast milk is digestive a little bit quicker but i really promote like breastfeeding or bottle feeding every two to three hours fully is like pretty normal for the first nine months i hate to say that because then people get nervous and i'm like (laughs) um so there aren't different programs the only benefit that you know if you're formula feeding or bottle feeding is that you can actually really measure quantity and i find that a lot of breastfeeding parents are like i don't know if my baby is full because we only have a measure of time so it's like a variable that a lot of parents are yeah. uncertain about, <laughs> but I don't know. It's the same. And the, the bottle feeding guidelines are really the same. You know, everyone's like, is it different for breast milk? As, and, and yes, breast milk can be perfectly formulated for your child, but breast milk is 18 to 20 calories an ounce and formula is 20 calories an ounce. So it's like kind the of same. the same. So there's same volume, yeah. same. Do you believe that you should wake a sleeping baby? During the day, during the day, always. during the day, always, 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 because you have to limit people 
people don't also think in terms of like as humans, biologically, we can only sleep so many hours in a 24 hour period. I want 12 of those at night. And I think most people do too, at least for the baby. And if you don't limit your daytime sleep, you'll be up at night. So I always say either you wake your baby during the day or they're going to wake you at night. And this is age appropriate, you know, of course. How do you intertwine like daycare, grandparents, caregivers into your routine? Love this. I have actually, I have a daycare guide, a grandparents guide and a caregivers guide in my online program, which are things that me and my team put in place within last year to give like grandparents, like this is what's different. Let me just tell you, this was different. My mom used to try to put a fleece blanket like over Frankie's crib and I would be like, (laughs) she's like, it's fine. I'm like, it's not fine. So just giving them something, which is why we made it because like often it's like, it's if it's your mom or your mother-in-law or caregivers or like, it just gives them something that's not you. Daycare, caregivers, you know, the thing to remember is that you're paying them. There is a very weird dynamic in childcare that that's a whole other podcast of a power struggle really between women, which doesn't make much sense to me. Um, You're so right. I don't push. Like if a mom comes to me and is like, Nope, I'm like, I'm it's, you know, that's not the cross I'm going to bear. Um, like I just, you can't make people do things. So when sometimes caregivers will fight and say, no, 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 I'm not doing it that way. I'm doing it this way. So I think communicate, but like also know that there's choices. Like you're not stuck. I mean, unless it's your mother-in-law or your mother, then you kind of are stuck, but then you have to have boundaries. Like that's something I'm learning in my adult life is like boundaries and it doesn't matter. You can have boundaries with love, but like that is really helpful. I think when it comes to children and I remember saying to my mom, when my, my daughter was born, cause I just knew myself. She was like, when can I send them to the baby? Cause she, you know, I didn't live there. And I said, anytime you want, but you have to stay in a hotel. <laughs> I knew I wouldn't be able to like have my mom in my, well, I lived in an apartment. So it was like, you know, I didn't live in a house with extra space and it, it's just, you know, it's not Setting easy, but you have to like take care of yourself too and and really clearly communicate all that stuff and let them like grandparents, like they want to hold the babies. Like, so just be like, just hold the baby. My in-laws used to say, Oh, can we hold the baby? Yeah. Can you hold the baby for 45 minutes? And then they'd either say no, or they'd say yes. And then if they say no, then it's like, then you don't. And if they say yes, they get that time and the baby gets a nap and it's all good. Right. That's great advice. All right. And then, so the last question, so you just came out with a toddler program recently and they were Mm -hmm. basically like, what does this mean? Kind of questioning, oh, you can sleep train a toddler. I didn't just maybe tell a little bit about that. Yeah. So like, I just saw the same things happening with toddlers because like, it's really like early toddler, like 12 months to 18 months is really just an extension of infant. A lot of the same things still apply. But I just found it was the same three things. It's managing their day age appropriately and consistently doing that and making these tiny little small tweaks. Because what happens is we get toddlers and then we're all of a sudden the next thing you know, bedtime's like super late or this and you're not, it's like, it's just gets stretched and then the sleep's compromised and you just have to come back to it. So I made a really simple toddler program that, because I believe really the behavioral stuff is like secondary, right? It doesn't mean like, my son, one of my twins has sensory processing. Okay. He slept through the night before his twin brother. So some people will be like, I need kids. I'm like, no, no, 
No. Doesn't, yeah. No. They need the sleep. He needs, my teddy needs his sleep. You know, he's better with the sensory stuff now. He's kind of outgrown it. When he was a baby, but it's still possible. Reflux possible. And so, like, I just, the toddler was, like, giving parents stuff because most of the time the behavioral stuff of, like, not wanting you to leave, you know, coming into your room. They're coming and waking because they're probably sleeping too much during the day. So you got to tweak that so they don't wake up. I solve most of the issues with stopping them from waking. And then there's not really behavioral issues because they're sleeping. Right. So it's like rock your baby to sleep. I still go to my kids. My kids call from in the night I'm in their room two seconds and then I'm out of their room, you know, and they stay. <laughs> that was so informative. Just to kind of wrap everything up, what is one piece of advice that you would give other parents? It's like a tough one. And, um, the first is probably just trust your instincts because I think we know a lot more than we than we think we know. And it's like giving parents that confidence to to trust those instincts. But the, the the biggest thing I think from a sleep standpoint would be whatever you decide to do, be patient. You need to give it time, right? So if you do something for one day and it doesn't work, you know, you have to give it some time of doing the same thing over and over again to really be able to determine if something works or not. So whatever you're choosing to do, if you choose to do something for your child's sleep or whatever, potty training, try to be consistent and stick with it for a week or two before you try something else because it's it can get a little confusing for the baby and for you if you're you know constantly making changes so consistency is key I love that well that is the perfect way to end thank you so much for coming on and telling us all about everything that you do in your life you have so many achievements and accomplishments um So as we come to the end of this episode, it's clear that our guest and the amazing entrepreneur, single mom, former America's Next Top Model contestant, collegiate water polo player, and newly certified lactation consultant is an inspiration to all of us. Her business, Full Feedings, is a testament to her hard work, dedication, and passion for helping new mothers provide the best possible nutrition for their babies. Through her experiences on America's Next Top Model and in the world of sports, she's learned the importance of perseverance and teamwork, skills that have served her well in both her personal and professional life. And her recent certification as a lactation consultant has given her even more tools to help new moms navigate the challenges of breastfeeding and getting your children to sleep through the night. So to all the listeners out there, remember that you too can achieve your dreams no matter how big or small they may seem. As Anne has shown us today, with hard work, determination, and a little bit of grit, anything is possible. Thank you so much, Anne, for coming. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. This was amazing. This was so fun. Um, Yes. So make sure to follow Anne. She's at Full Feedings on Instagram. Be sure to check out all of her wonderful information. She has tons of PDFs and stories about different things with full feedings method to help your baby sleep through the night. You can find all the information for her program on there as well, which was life-saving for us. And then you can also find out more information about upcoming podcast episodes and all things fitness, motherhood, and wine on my Instagram page at the running wine mom underscore. Don't forget to subscribe, like, and review the podcast. And I hope everyone has a great week. See you next Tuesday.